Welcome to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Leslie's executive producer, Mark Grimaldi. I am guest hosting today from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern, and then I'll actually be joining you from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern as well um, as Leslie kind of runs back and forth to do her TV appearances with uh, yesterday being the New Hampshire uh, primaries. Um, Today we are going to be talking about a number of different issues, uh, the first of which is on many people's minds around the world, uh, as well as those uh, within the United States, Um, we're going to be talking with Ambassador Gary A. Grappo, who served numerous assignments at the State Department in Washington, D.C., as well as postings in Nicaragua, Portugal, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, twice in Oman, Iraq, and Jerusalem. You've heard him a number of times here on the Leslie Marshall Show. This is the first time I've had uh, the pleasure of speaking with him versus just listening to Leslie interview him. So I'm very excited to have him on the show. Welcome to the show, Ambassador Grappo. Thank you very much, Mark. It's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, the pleasure is all mine, and um, we're going to be talking about a very serious topic that I know you've spoken with Leslie about before, which is the situation uh, in Syria uh, as the world watches and waits to see uh, what is happening. Um, before we get into the news uh, surrounding the latest uh, developments on the ground, mainly in Aleppo, um, you know, I always like to give our audience a refresher uh, or a quick recap of what's happening on the ground there, just because um, I'm sure as you know, someone like you yourself even sometimes it's it's hard to keep all of the moving parts in order uh with everything that's happened with you know it becoming a bit of a proxy war so i was wondering if you just give uh, our audience a quick recap of uh what's happened and, and what's going on there in your mind of course mark and i think uh, we can probably say that what we've seen in the last week is one of the more significant developments in this tragic five-year civil war in syria uh, we, we've seen the uh, Syrian government forces move in force toward the northern city of Aleppo. Aleppo was the second largest city in Syria after Damascus. Uh, it also was the commercial and industrial hub of the country. It also had, by the way, a fairly significant non-Muslim, that is, Christian population. Uh, the Syrian government forces that have moved in in the last week uh, are doing so with extensive support from Russian um, air, uh, aircraft and also probably Iranian-led militia from Iraq, Afghanistan, and Pakistan. Without those two critical components, I don't think the government forces would have been able to do this. Um, so it's creating a very serious problem because Aleppo had been a key base for uh, most of the moderate opposition. And had they had any hope of challenging the Assad government, it would have been from uh, this northern outpost in Aleppo. So very significant development. And the the risk in that is that it's isolating, you know, putting the military aspect aside, it's isolating uh, and cutting off aid to, I believe it's about 300,000 civilians that are in Aleppo if um, the pro-Assad forces continue to move north and cut off access to the border with Turkey. Is that correct? That's right. There are about 300,000 Syrians living in what had been the rebel-controlled areas of Aleppo. Uh, Many of them had been pretty strong supporters of the rebel opposition. This is the moderate opposition. Uh, And um, obviously uh, they are going to be under great duress with the government forces moving in and what looks to be an eventual uh, takeover uh, of the city. Um, they will have very few alternatives 
if and when uh, the Syrians succeed in taking back Aleppo. Uh, there may be some chance for some to flee, at least those who haven't already, to Turkey and leave the country and join uh, the masses of refugee, Syrian refugees outside of Syria now, numbering between four and a half and five million. Uh, but my suspicion is that if the Syrian forces follow precedent, they will close off the city and offer those who are left um, two options, starve or surrender. And when these people do surrender, I think one of the problems is that, um, as we'll get to later, um, there's a, a U.N. human rights investigation that says the Syrian government has carried out a state policy of, quote, extermination against thousands of detainees, um, including many who were tortured, some were beaten to death, and others died from lack of food, water, or medical care, which the threat is, you know, starve to death, which they may do even if they do surrender. So, I mean, is that an analysis fair about what the options that these civilians have? I do not think there's any question that that is exactly what's going to happen, even for those who surrender. Uh, I think we can be sure that uh, the Syrian intelligence uh, forces will go through the city and call those who have any even apparent or slight connections to the rebel forces, they'll be arrested, imprisoned, uh, tortured to extract any information they might have, and probably a fair number of those will end up being tortured to death or executed. Um, sadly, that's, that's a refrain uh, that's been played out on numerous occasions as the various human rights organizations have, have documented. And, and I see no reason to believe why we won't see that in Aleppo, tragically. So just to recap, for those of you just joining us, this is Mark Romali, Leslie's executive producer, and I'm joined by Ambassador Gary A. Grappo, um, who is discussing with me the latest developments on the ground in Syria, where uh, the city of Aleppo is about to be, it looks like, um, completely surrounded by Assad's pro-government forces, led uh, in a big part uh, by the force of the Russian airstrikes. And as you just heard the ambassador say, um, you know, very bluntly and honestly, um, by the evidence that we've seen previously, these 300,000 civilians um, who who are um, favorable to the, the moderate rebels, but our civilians nonetheless are going to be going to be given the option to, to basically starve or surrender. But if they do surrender, um, they're being tortured, killed, um, basically not given any food or water. And, and the other thing that brings me to uh, Ambassador Grappo is you said some of them, you know, their only option may be to try to flee to Turkey right now. Um, but moving into that subject, there is a number of uh, Syrian civilians that are already stuck at the border of Turkey and Syria living in a bit of, I guess, what you might call a tent city. Um, I, I'm not I'm not sure if I have the number correct, but the last I heard there was roughly uh, 30,000 civilians living in these tents um, and not able to get over to the border of Syria, or excuse me, Turkey, with the, the Turkish government saying, you know, they've already taken in, I think, something like two and a half million uh, refugees and, and they're near capacity. So um, even if they do flee, uh, you know, what's your opinion on the, their chances to actually get into Turkey? Uh, I'd have to say pretty minimal, given the fact that uh, the Syrian forces have already shown signs of trying to cut off the usual path for uh, for exit or escape by uh, 
by refugees from from Syria. So their their chances of of being able to escape are are diminishing by the day. Um, but you know, there's a larger problem here in the case of the whole refugee situation, Mark, and that is, as you indicated, this enormous number of refugees already in Syria. And by the way, those are official numbers. Uh, all the bordering countries know that they are harboring almost equal numbers of uh, refugees who are unaccounted for officially. That is, are kind of wow. living off their own means. Uh, and so uh, th- this is a, a, a most serious problem that is uh, presented not only to the countries on the border of Syria, namely Turkey, Lebanon, and Jordan, but also Europe. This is presenting a real crisis. Uh, we saw it uh, last summer and last fall, and I think we're going to begin to see it even more acutely now as even greater uh, waves of uh, refugees flee the country. And this is sowing a lot of divisiveness within Europe. It's undermining European unity, which impacts uh, our own security since Europe particularly under the guise of NATO, is a critical and vital, essential ally of the United States and uh, therefore has repercussions for uh, American security interests, particularly in this region but around the world. And is that because the different European nations uh, have disagreement as to, A, whether or not they should be taking in the refugees, and B, how many refugees that they should be taking in? Well, that's part of it. And also the resources dedicated to the care of those uh, refugees. But more importantly, it's uh, raising the question whether this open doors policy, which has been an economic godsend to the European countries since the establishment of the European Union and the Schengen Agreement, um, is going to remain in fact. If they start putting up the kind of border controls that we saw in in Europe uh, in the 1960s or 70s, this will have a major detrimental impact on the European economy. It will sow divisions, political divisions, between European countries as they argue and bicker over this, um, and uh, that will weaken European unity. This, by the way, is something that Mr. Putin of Russia has sought for a very long time. So uh, in some ways, <clears throat> excuse me, we are, we are playing into his hand uh, by not stepping up and dealing with the Syrian crisis. Now, before, well, as we go to break, I should say, Ambassador Grapple, I just want to leave the audience with some of these numbers that you had alluded to, um, just to kind of put in perspective statistically, you know, which doesn't do justice to human life, but it is staggering nonetheless to, to list these numbers. So as we go to break, I'm going to list some of the numbers here that we're dealing with. We've got more than 250,000 Syrians have died in the past four and a half years of armed conflict. That's a quarter of a million people, okay, men, women, children. More than 11 million others have been forced from their homes. Chemical weapons and barrel bombs have been used on civilians. As I mentioned before with the ambassador, uh, U- UN human rights investigators say the Syri- Syrian government has, quote, carried out a state policy of extermination against thousands of detainees, end quote. Many were tortured, some were beaten to death, and others died from lack of food, water, or medical care. About 70% of the population is without access to adequate drinking water, 70%. One in three people are unable to meet their basic food needs, and more than two million children are out of school. Four out of five people live in poverty. Four out of five. That's 80% of all the people right now in Syria. 
and the warring parties have compounded the problems by refusing humanitarian agencies access to civilians in need, which the ambassador just detailed, because in Aleppo you have 300,000 civilians who are not able to receive any sort of food or medical care right now, and they're about to be told to either flee to Turkey where they probably won't get in, or starve to death or surrender where you're going to be killed anyway. So, very serious problem that is not easy to deal with or try to figure out a solution, but the numbers alone tell you we need to figure this out. So that's why we have an expert on, Ambassador Grappo. We're going to talk with him about his opinion uh, on the way to move forward for the United States and the European Union. And uh, if you have any thoughts or questions, please feel free to join us uh, in the next segment. We have a limited amount of time where we're enjoyed by, uh, enjoying the ambassador's company. The number to do so is 8886 That's 888-653-7543. This is Mark Rimaldi in for Leslie Marshall, and we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show, 888-6-LESLIE. Back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi in for Leslie Marshall. Uh, as you heard in our previous segment, we're joined by Ambassador Gary Grappo. And as I went to break, I outlined in complete, crystal clear numbers what is happening in Syria, as much as you could do with numbers. You know, seeing the pictures and hearing the stories really is what makes it real. But, you know, laying all that out, I, I have to ask the ambassador, as I know he's written, you know, um, much on this, and he, he's done a lot of work on this, and he has a lot of expertise. I mean, this is where I think people in your position, um, you know, all around the world have to come together and say, you know, we need to figure out a solution to this because no matter which side we're on or, or what we feel, you know, most of us anyway do not want to see this human suffering any longer, and we want to see an end to this. So how do we come to some sort of end in this, Ambassador Grappo? Well, there was a uh, conference uh, convened um, last week in, uh, in, in Europe to try to address uh, a way forward to peacefully uh, resolve this. Unfortunately, it broke down uh, because the Syrian opposition, that is the moderate op- uh, opposition, saw things moving in the wrong direction, not in their favor. They had a very weak hand, and they um, decided that they would not participate. Uh, there are going to be talks taking place. Um, very shortly in Europe, I think in, in Munich, uh, with uh, representatives of uh, the various governments who are involved in, in this matter. Uh, but quite frankly, right now, the United States and those countries who are supporting us in this effort, for example, uh, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, and, and other uh, moderate Arab states, uh, are all feeling behind the eight ball, so to speak, because we have, as I said, a very weak hand. The Russians and the Syrians and the Iranians have been creating facts on the ground that make it very difficult uh, for uh, an, an outcome that in any way favors either the removal of Assad, which is what um, we all want, uh, or even uh, the, uh, the elimination of the threat from the Islamic State. So with that said, 
looking the way that it, you know, if if it keeps going in the direction it is, and Assad's troops, led by the Russian airstrikes, close off, you know, Aleppo, and these people are basically exterminated, what's next? Well, uh, Syria and Russia will pretty much uh, pretty much take take charge of the matter. Iran as well, and will create their own facts on the ground, so to speak. If there's any moderate opposition left. Uh, my suspicion is that they will either flee or join one of the more extremist groups, such as the al-Qaeda-affiliated Jabhat al-Nusra or even the Islamic State. Uh, and so then we're left with uh, the devil in the deep blue sea, so to, so to speak, in the sense of either Assad and his repressive dictatorial regime uh, or the Islamic State. That's not a choice that uh, we ever wanted, wanted to face. Uh, and so, but that's they are going to be able to dict term, dictate the terms because the moderate opposition will be will be so severely weakened. Um, in the meantime, if we can forestall this for a time, and then regroup, recommit ourselves, and this would take a firm decision on the part of the United States first and foremost, uh, we may be able to salvage something here so that the peace talks can convene in such a way that we are not in such a weak position as we are currently. Ambassador Grappo, unfortunately we're out of time, but I just want to thank you for coming on, and I appreciate you being you know, very blunt and honest with us.